And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, everybody? This is Andrew Morgans, the founder of Marknology, here on the Startup Hustle, uh, talking all things e-commerce, digital marketing, uh, and everything involved. Uh, excited to bring today's guest to you. Tyler's a, a friend of mine as well as a colleague. Um, he was with me in the early days when I was trying to build Marknology and helping me kind of solve a problem. And uh, it's just been kind of cool to follow each other's journey through the years. We've, we've touched base a couple of times just uh, to shoot the shit and, and see what's going on in his world and mine. Being digital nomads, entrepreneurs, um, when you meet a real one, you try to stay connected. Uh, before we get started, I think this is going to be uh, today's sponsor is a good one for today's show. Uh, you know them, Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. We're going to talk about you know some software as a service stuff, uh, getting one started, how to avoid mistakes, and um, you know conversations all the time. Whether you're in e-commerce, product sales, service based, there's software needs that you have, uh, and as we get more digital every single day, it becomes more and more uh, of a necessity to get things done. Tyler, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know it was last minute. You know, I emailed you a few days ago. I was like, hey, I, I want to get on. <laughs> so no, but, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you meet so many people, you know, especially in the agency world. And, um, you know, I'm always thinking e-commerce, but there's so many aspects to really what that is. And yeah. uh, when you reached out thinking about Tableau, thinking about, you know, the dashboards I'm building now, I'm spending thousands a month. Um, you know, including my last episode with Sam, uh, using, you know, dash applications to do some of my, my software needs. And I remember even with Tableau, we were, we were using like CSVs and Excel sheets, you know, trying to get this stuff done in the early days. So, uh, it's good to have you like, let's start a little bit with your, with your backstory, if you don't mind. Um, you know, tell, tell everybody a little bit about visual intelligence. Uh, you know, if that's your first company, I know it's at least your current company. Um, and, and what got you here? Yeah, so I mean, you want you want to go like all the way back to college days? <laughs> let's let's start like you know yeah from college on. Okay. Like, what you went to school for? So um so my kind of going to college, I kind of already had the the thought of being an entrepreneur, right? But you need a fallback plan, right? So I, yep. I kind of in college, I went to school for it's called actual science, which is I was supposed to be an actuary, so it's like a statistician for healthcare. Um, and then I had a minor in, in finance and statistics, and then I went to do my MBA in finance. So I started off doing healthcare analytics. Um, and then, okay. and that was like, I mean, analytics in general, you know, you're, you're golden, right? Um, so, you know, doing analytics, uh, I jumped around, I went to a startup for about six months and I was just like, man, this is way too much work for what they paying me. <laughs> right. Uh, they gave me a cell phone. They were like, Hey, we got a meeting at five thirty. I was like, Hey, I got to pick up my kids. No. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't work out. Um, and then I went to, uh, another global travel management company and that's where I picked up Tableau. And me, I have a similar background as you, my, my dad's a 
professional painter. He's a dean of an art school. You know, I went to school for analytics and then I have an MBA in business. So I have that weird mixture of, you know, analytics. I can program, I can do SAS and SQL and Tableau. I have that the artistic graphic design kind of thing because I grew up, you know, with, with you know, painting as a dad. And then I'm just business because I'm business savvy and I went to school. So and with Tableau is kind of one of those things where you need to know business and you need to be able to talk to people and get the understanding of what's going on. You need the analytics and you need to make it pretty, right? Um, so I started using Tableau in there and it just like, I just caught on super fast. So I started doing freelancing kind of at night. Um, and after about three or four months of doing freelancing, I, I made whatever I was making in my corporate freelancing. So I was just like, all right, forget it. And so I made it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I ended up making my employer a contract, <laughs> which I don't know how that happened, but I ended up. I tried that. It didn't work. They, they said, no, I think their feelings were hurt, but yeah. I did. I did say, Hey, like, I won't leave you high and dry. Like I'll continue to like, right. you know, manage this. I just want to do more. So good for you. Yeah. So, so and, I and Hey, before you go on further, can like for anyone listening, um, you know, this is a show by founders for founders. Sometimes we're talking, you know, we can start talking our world, our tech speak a little bit and, and leave some people behind, you know, for, but for anyone that's kind of a novice listener to data analytics, what is Tableau? Yeah. So, so Tableau is a data visualization tool. So you know how you got Excel, everybody's used Excel. You got the cross tabs, right? Everyone loves, mm -hmm. especially old school, right? Um, now kind of the trend in the last 10 years or so is creating like dashboards. So interactive dashboards, infographics, you know, the, the nice, pretty interactive charts that you usually see. Um, like I've been doing a lot of COVID ones. So I did one for uh, the state of Tennessee showing all of their COVID cases and, and, and doing all of that. So now, you know, especially executives, they're tired of cross tabs. They want to see I call it nice, pretty paintings of, of, of data, right? Um, mm -hmm. And Tableau is the, the leading uh, data visualization tool. It's kind of the top two are Tableau and, and Microsoft Power BI, but Tableau is, is leading to me uh, all together. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a dashboarding tool is, is, is what it does. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to like create a baseline. No, so if we no, keep no, talking sure. it, people like, are like, okay, this is a <laughs> dashboard tool, a high, high end dashboard tool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's the high end dashboarding and data analytics tool. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of on the trend, you know, I mean, it is, I mean, it's, it's bought by Salesforce. So it's, it's a huge tool, you know, but it, it's kind of still growing and, you know, Excel is the old school one. This is kind of the new trend going on. Um, so kind of go back to story. So I started freelancing, um, and I started on like Upwork and Elance, you know, the, the, platforms where you hire all the freelancers from around Same the world. as I. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And then I got to the point where, you know, building the website, uh, started doing marketing, started doing YouTubes. Um, and I got to the point where now I just get clients contacting me and I don't even have to do it no more. Um, but it kind of, I mean, just like, you know, with consulting, it, it, even though you own your own business, it still feels like a job, right? <laughs> like, right. like uh, so the last few years I've been developing a software because just business model. I love the business model of being able to, you know, create something once and then scale it, sell it to people, have, you know, virtual assistants do your support tickets or whatever. And, you know, all you got to focus on is, is kind of marketing aspect of it. And you can even outsource that, right? But it's fully scalable. Uh, and I can just, you know, walk away, sit on the beach and chill and, and still make money without my time being connected to money, right? Everybody's dream. Um, yeah. so, so I'm trying to, to switch into that, even though, you know, I mean, my consulting business is doing fine, but like I said, I still feel like it's work. Um, and, and I'm trying to get to that next level now, um, which is where, you know, I built the software as a service and, and that's kind of where I'm trying to get to now. No, I love it. And I know we've talked back and forth about ways we can work together and, um, for anyone listening, 
my story is is very similar was working a uh, corporate as e-commerce manager was in school uh you know was traveling as a musician but had my plan b which is computer science and um then started freelancing when i had my corporate job out of school and got a few clients and then left and um you know that's so that's what me and tyler have had in common and, and turned into consultants i think the difference in path was um you know i w- with my family i wanted to build something you know so i started going the agency route and you know hiring people under me to know how I, how to do what i do and and that kind of thing um but in the space that i'm in in, in regards to amazon um and e-commerce let's just let's just broaden it uh you know in regards to e-commerce there's so many needs for understanding you know i'm trying to bridge the gap from what i know how to do as let's say a digital construction worker to the owners of these brands or the operators of these brands and dashboards is a great way to do that you know it essentially allows me to tell a story to them versus talking numbers in excel you know so for me dashboards have been on my radar for years um and Amazon is just now, you know, like my last podcast with Sam, Amazon is just now allowing us to have this data from an API, um, you know, instead of Excel uh, downloads and be able to essentially port it in. Super, super important. And, you know, something else like uh, besides I want to get into the software conversation, but staying here kind of on visual intelligence and what you do right now and and why it's so important. I went to uh Goldman Sachs 10K SB earlier this year. Um, you know, I was I got signed up in January pre-COVID. Uh, and you know, things changed as the year went along, but it was a fantastic program with Goldman Sachs at Babson College in Boston, um, for a small business accelerator. And one major takeaway that I came away with was not just looking to build dashboards for my clients so I can help them tell a story about what we're working on from an agency perspective, but how do I build a dashboard that tells me how Marknology is doing as a yeah. service-based company, as an agency? And um, because you know the tech space is kind of, kind of the wild west and the final frontier that there is, uh, everything is evolving constantly. And a lot of the software that we use uh, didn't have a way of connecting with all the other software it just got made right it just mm-hmm. got made so um the, I, I use all these different tools in my business and and um have been working to build a dashboard that tells me the health of my business you know as an agency where's where's a central spot i can look at without needing to open quickbooks without needing to open my project management software without needing to open yeah. my time tracking without needing to open without having one-on-one conversations with all my employees and hoping i'm getting honest conversations from them as managers like where somewhere that i can go and take a look and be like okay this is my baseline and we're up or we're down from that baseline and know quickly um you know how my business is doing that is just i'm obsessing about it yeah no, no, for sure. And, and kind of going back to your original comment of, of you know, the, the different routes we took with, you know, you uh, building the agency. I, I have those thoughts too. I mean, cause you know, especially being a consultant, it, it's either I increase my rates or I put people under me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when I tried it, it's, it's like I said, Tableau is such, to me, I see it as art. Like it's such an, it's an art platform, you know, because you give 10 people the Excel file and tell them to build a dashboard, you're going to get 10 completely different things. So trying to right. train someone how to think like you in art is, is very challenging. You know, it was almost like they build it and I'd be like, uh, like I would have painted it like this. Right. And then, so, so it got to the point where it was like, man, like I can't do that, but it's just, it's almost more work of, of trying to 
teach someone how you would think how to paint because it's creative you know uh, i can't i couldn't really come up with a process and be like i would do it this way this way because i don't even know what the hell i'm gonna do until i do it you know um right. so that's where the, the software the service came but i mean like you said even the, the software the service it, it connects data it, it kind of hits that that middle point because what, what the software does is is it looks at it so it's it's to create survey dashboards because there's a, in the market research industry there's you know all these survey platforms survey monkey qualtrics you know all, survey gizmo all that and a lot of them are trying to get it into a data visualization tool but that middle ground of getting that data from the survey platforms to the data visualization tool is not there and it's very right. hard to especially with survey data survey data is just ugly you know what i mean like the, the structure of multiple choice and open and like all of that is just nasty when it comes to visual or data visualization or data analytics in general so my tool is kind of that middle point that kind of can talk to the survey platforms and get it into the BI platforms. Um, but like, like you said, I, I think the biggest, I mean, probably after I figure out how to, how to get this one going, um, the next software, I'm, I'm going to stay with software because like I said, I love that business model, but it's going to be have to, it's going to be around, like you said, connecting data from all these different sources and, and putting it in an easy to use, you know, dashboard or template that can tell you kind of everything. Um, Cause yeah, I, I agree. That's definitely, definitely what most businesses are, are missing right now. Data is everything. Like sure. if you don't have data, uh, I don't think you can improve your business. I think at that point you're slinging mud against the wall and hoping it sticks. Uh, you yep. know, I, and I agree with you on the art and science part. You know, a lot of times when I'm talking to clients, I'm talking to them about Amazon and, um, and e-commerce and, you know, some of what we're doing, the SEO uh, research and different things and, and these keywords and being like, it's a little bit of art. It's a little bit of science. It's a little bit of, you know, magic with photos and copywriting. It's a little bit of like, you know, data tracking and analysis. And I, I personally think I'm, I'm a data scientist and a business strategist. Yeah. You know, I, I um, and it's been, uh, you know, it really is hard to teach. And at the beginning, it was, uh, you know, my sister moving here with a master's in engineering uh, from Tampa to believe in what I was doing and come sit down next to me and just watch and watch for three years, four years now. Right. Uh, and she's not sitting over my shoulder. She's running things herself. But like it, that's what it took at the beginning. And um, if you don't I mean, that's a family member that's close to me that, you know, we're almost like twins in some ways. So maybe that was that was my magic. Right. Was yeah. getting someone a lot like me to kind of think like me. Because a lot of it's um, personality traits. I mean, either you have right. it or you don't. You know, and, and the same thing with tablets is I can I can just look at your dashboards and tell you if you have it or not. And as far as, you know, what I want, because I mean, some some stuff you just can't train. I mean, it's innovation is creativity is problem solving. You either have that or you don't. I mean, it, it's it's not a bad or good thing. It's just you have something better, you know. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree. Then probably being related, she has probably a lot of the same thinking processes that she got. Yeah, that's what it took. And I mean, and, and honestly, um, we've had a little bit of turnover here at Marknology, not in a bad way. Uh, you know, as we go in, we're going through a pandemic, e-commerce is in like literally the highest demand for services that it's ever been. I mean, if you guys get on any kind of job platform, it's just e-commerce, e-commerce, e-commerce. Um, and some of uh, some of our people have gotten poached by by bigger agencies, the New York, you know, East Coast, West Coast. Um, and that's what happens when you train people to know how to, you know, how to do what you do. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of am faced with that, too. So there's always issues there. I think I'm kind of doing it in reverse. And that's typical Andrew Morgan's uh, just like, you know, doing things sometimes the hard way, but also like, um you know, maybe being a front runner and then learning, Hey, I need to take a couple steps back, you know? And for me, that's where, um, 
being able to market the software. You know, I feel like if I release a software or a dashboard software or anything proprietary, um, it will be after I already have an agency and exposure and can sell it in that way, you know, yeah. but it is something very top of mind. And um, as I'm getting the experience year after year after year, I feel like I uh, get a great understanding for what's needed and what's mm -hmm. missing and what all these brands are missing and what they want. So um, having a lot of fun doing that, like how far are you along in, in this software build? Like, uh, you know, have you, do you have a prototype? Yeah, no, I, I launched it this year, but uh, okay, it, it's so, <laughs> I'll give you, so this is, this is what you shouldn't do. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's talk so, about this. Let's talk uh, about this. So, you know, being a data visualization, you know, expert, right. Uh, I was just starting to get these survey projects coming in. Right. And, and it was just a tedious process of cleaning the survey data and creating these dashboards. Right. I had to kind of learn it was to figure out how to clean it, how to get in the right structure. And then I had to create these dashboards from scratch every time. So I was working with a company, I was doing a couple of months. Um, and I was like, all right, man, like it got to a point where I was like, I don't even want this contract anymore. Like it was that bad. I was in Excel, just manipulating data and changing data. Then, you know, Excel, you mess up one. This isn't easy. You know, you, and you're like, oh, damn, what did I do? You know, <laughs> and you got to start all over. Um, so then I started using, you know, like ETL tools, like automated automation tools, like all tricks and different things to automate it. And then I was like, man, well, if I'm having this problem, you know, thinking like an entrepreneur, somebody else is having this problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then I started developing the tools internally and kind of using them as, as a project. And then I got now all of a sudden this problem, not to cut you off, but all of a sudden this problem becomes an opportunity, right? Exactly. Because you're like, hey, this thing is like driving me crazy, but I can't be the only one. I'm at like yeah. not saying I'm at the top of this game, but you're like, I know my software, I know Excel, I know yeah. Tableau. I should be able to do this with my expertise and yet I'm still having a problem. Exactly. So I, I was out there Googling, you know, watching YouTube videos, trying to figure out who had, you know, who had the inside knowledge on how to visualize survey data, right? Um, and there, there was really nobody out there. There's one guy that spoke at the Tablet Conference that talked about it a little bit, um, but like he, it was, it was like, it's such a fresh topic, like data visualization in general is new. And then you bring in market research, which is not the most, techie field you know what I mean um like nobody was doing it so I was like all right perfect like mm -hmm. I got a headache I see like nobody's really in it it's a growing trend all right I'm gonna jump on it right and and I probably should have did more market research myself but I jumped on it right and, and I was developing it just you know doing my consulting company and developing this uh, on the side for a couple of years um and then I launched it this year and I got to the point where it was like, all right, I don't know anything about market research <laughs> because I, I, I knew the product was good because I knew people were going to pay me to get these, these dashboards for them, but I haven't figured out how to package it correctly. Um, so mm -hmm. I, was, I was just kind of throwing darts at a board like, oh, well, maybe I can package it this way or maybe I should go after this group or go after this group without knowing the industry is really hard to, to know how to go after them if, you, if it's not you, you know what I mean? Um, so I, so I know like, like, like who's your customer? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that like, where do they live? The e-commerce manager that's like been, been in charge of like getting surveys together yeah. or is it, you know, the CMO, like who, who's that customer exactly. and, and how do you get the them budget. to know that they need it? You yeah. know, who has the budget also? Cause you know, I know plenty of people that, that could use it, but you know, I'm trying to, to make money off of it too. So, so, you know, the whole mixture of it. Um, so now this year has been kind of that learning curve of, of, all right, how, how do I sell it? Who do I sell it to? who's the most powerful like like trying to figure all that out which to me is, is not bad because I'm, I'm learning on the go you know I, I saw opportunity I jumped on it 
you know, I build a whole survey software where, you know, I got marketing people and software developers and legal talking to lawyers to get, you know, like terms and conditions. So, you know, I learned a lot from it. So I, I'm not mad, even if I don't sell it, I'm not mad, you know, cause there's so much I learned from it that I can apply to whatever my next software is. Um, but still it's, 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 you know, I'm adapting, I'm trying to be agile, I'm trying to figure it out and, and I'm just moving and, and just kind of going wherever, you know, the, the river takes me. Um, but if I did it again, I, I would, you know, do a little more research and try to figure out what that market is before, um, instead of kind of doing it on the go. But I mean, you, you know, when you get an idea, you run with it, you know, you're like, look, I got the software done now. Yeah. I just like, okay, I would have done, you know, this first before I got there. Exactly. Um, but I don't really, I mean, I don't really feel like there's a, a better way. Um, honestly, like I am, I think everyone has different skill sets. Like I'm someone that runs into the burning building to save lives. Like, yeah. and think about it later. Like, you know, yeah. that everyone has their own thing. Like I'm a trailblazer. Um, I don't even think that much of it because that's who I naturally am. And I'm just like, well, I don't know if I'm going to figure something out. I have to just go do it. And then, you know, I'll figure it out. And other people are like, what? That's crazy. Like, yeah. you know, how are you not going to think through this, 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 this? I'm like, just like, well, if I do that, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, not for sure. You know, if I'll, I'll think myself to death. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I commend that in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, some people talk about, I like to talk about failures on the show. Yeah. But I can't really think of that many. <laughs> like, you know, is it the, you know, the $1,500 I got scammed out of like a couple months ago? Is that a failure? Yeah. Is it, uh, you know, overpaying this vendor, underpaying, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I overpaid a vendor that I like didn't need to pay. And I'm like, okay, is that book? Is that a failure? Is that a mistake? Is, you know, yeah. or is that, I don't know, I need to bless them a little bit. Right. Yeah. So like, I have my own way of thinking about things, even our project, right? Like mm -hmm. I probably spent several grand working with you trying to get a dashboard when no one was doing this, you know, uh, and that's, I've, that's something I've been doing in my business for years. I'm going on year six. I've been spending money in areas to learn because um, that's my tuition cost. That's my further education cost. That's, you know, um, I literally trashed what we did together, not because it was trash, but because it wasn't automation. Um, and I didn't want to be uploading, you know, multiple Excels for all these clients. Uh, and then a simple software came along that was $29.99 a month. And it did a basic version of what we were trying to do we were doing all types of all types of stuff with showing where orders were placed across the globe and you know some fun stuff like that but this little program came out uh you know and i was just like swallowed that pride we should swallow that, that and it's like, mm -hmm, <laughs> like right we should have but <laughs> at the same time it was like look i learned what i needed i learned that i needed automation yeah, sure. i didn't need something that i was uploading excels you know, manually for, I like, you know, I learned quite a bit what the next thing was that I needed. And, yeah. um, let's, where can people find, you know, should they just contact you at your website? Uh, you know, if there is anyone listening that has surveys in their business or uses them often in like, you know, a, a visualization for that part of their business would be helpful. Um, you know, how do people find the software that you built? Yeah, it's called as visual survey.com. So V I Z U A L.com. Uh, so Tableau Consulting is Visual Intelligence Consulting, and then Visual Survey is a, a software as a service that allows you to, to analyze any type of questionnaire, product feedback, survey data uh, in a, in a Tableau dashboard easily. Awesome. And yeah, for anyone watching us on live or later on YouTube or Facebook, um, I have Tyler's website up here on the screen, visualintelligenceconsulting.com. Um, you know, if you guys didn't get that, 
that survey site where you guys can find um, that software. I'm sure you can contact him here too, and and he'll yeah. pull you up. Um, that's you know that's something that uh, at a high level I'm, I'm almost scared uh, you know to to implement is surveys in a lot of ways. But yeah. um, I've worked with a lot of businesses that it's a big part of what they do. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that I get a lot of mine uh, still relationally because we're a small enough, you know, team and agency that I'm connecting with people individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something something really important and and I can't overstate, you know, this is, our sponsor today is uh, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. And and Matt, uh, one of the founders of that company, Matt DeCourcy, uh, as my mentor is always telling me, uh, you know, automation, 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 automation. And, and, uh, you know, I'm in a service-based industry. I've always felt like it's quality and relationship that gets you business and keeps business. And so, you know, kind of old school in that way, but I'm learning every single day, how important automation is and, um, and scaling and, and what software and, and when to change and what to find. Um, always looking for ways to take what I'm doing and automate it you know um these are problems for everybody uh so you know dash applications i was on this podcast before not to keep bringing that one up but one thing he said that was um huge was they were the first the first company in this space to focus on what agencies or what brands need instead of these individual sellers which is what a lot of these tools are for these individual sellers um so even when there's something in the space there's always that next thing that someone else needs yeah you know um and and that's something that we still might need to need to get together i got some some uh uh, things in the fire that I'm working with that I'd love to run by you and just see, you know, if there's any alignment there. Yeah. Uh, but a huge, huge, uh, topic. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So I'm, I'm, uh, drawing blanks, but a huge, um, focus of mine as I close out 2020 and into 21 is dashboards, automation, scaling the parts of my business that can be scaled, yeah. um, how to keep my team lean and mean, um, you know, as we go into the new year. And one reason I want to do that is honestly pay. I want to be able to pay my people more. Um, and to do that, uh, I can't just hire more, more team members. I need to automate some of that kind of stuff. And so I'm literally thinking about automation, uh, and dashboard management in order to pay my people more to then deliver more on the service and relational side. Um, you know, because they're, they're more vested here as well. So it's, that's at least my thinking um, in, yeah. in regards to why I'm focusing on these areas. Not for sure. I mean, most, you think so, of most, most companies that make the most money, they don't have the most people, right? They, they, they have a whole bunch of, right. of computers and everything else doing most of the work and just the, the creative people are there. So yeah, that, that's definitely it. Yeah. I think the pandemic has changed the focus a little bit from tech only because it's so scalable to product-based business like e-commerce like you know where i focus in so i'm, I'm glad there's a little bit of shift there um but whenever whenever you're making that shift uh you know that focus is is still like how do you get that done quickly and easily like uh, it's not um there's a reason um everyone's been focused on the tech space and it's because it is so scalable you know so um how can I take that to the service-based side is, is still something that I'm, I'm pondering every single day and, and trying to find those areas. Um, we talked a little bit about this software. Uh, you know, we've talked about your, your dashboard company. 
um, visualizations. And let's talk a little bit, let's dig in a little bit deeper to like some of those things to avoid, uh, you know, if you're building a software and, and launching it outside of market research. Um, you talked about lawyers and figuring all that kind of stuff yeah. out. Like, what did you not know when you were like, I'm going to solve this with the software? Uh, so, I mean, the, 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 the software was all automation, right? Because I, I was I was doing everything manually, right? And, and yeah, I could do it manually, but it's it just like I said, it was just a tedious thing. So so I put all the logic, all my brain power into the software to automate it. Um, now, once I had the software, I was using it internally. And then it got to the point of, all right, now I need to make this so the public can use it, right? Um, and and I, I'm, I'm not, I, I like kind of having control of things. So it's like I was running my consulting company and I was building a whole software company on the side. Uh, but of course, you know, I outsourced everything. So, you know, I went on Upwork, right? Uh, I got full-time software developer. I got a marketing person. I hired the, hired the lawyer to do the terms and conditions. I hired a graphic designer. I hired, um, you know, website developer and I didn't hire him full-time. I just hired him, you know, for the hours, but you know, I worked with him and I, I was kind of like a, just a project manager of it, just giving them ideas and doing this mm -hmm. and that. With it. Um, and I mean, that was a huge learning experience itself. Just, you know, learning a little bit of everything to be able to kind of get a whole software company off the ground, you know, a team. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and I mean, that, like I said, that was powerful just in itself, you know? Um, and I mean, it took a little bit of time because like I said, I was still working on my other company, you know, which was the one that put the money to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I didn't have another company, you know, I wouldn't be able to build this cause I, I didn't have the money to do it. Um, so, you know, doing that, um, and, and I would say some of the, the things that to watch out for um, is, is just, I mean, people in general, just finding the right person. So like when I hire someone, I usually like I'll, I'll hire four people and I'll have them four people do the same exact thing. And then whoever does the best, that's the one. And I'll pay them, of course, to do it. But whoever does the best, that's the one I'll do. I'll get. And then maybe six. I like it. I'll, I'll have that person do something and I'll have four new people do something <laughs> and then I'll kind of gauge what that person is with there because and, and it, yeah, I mean, especially if you're, you're outsourcing overseas, you know, everything is cheaper. Um, so you, yeah, you might have that little bit of, of overhead or, you know, overhead in the beginning, hiring four people to do one thing. And of course you pick the task to do, um, but you want to, you want to make sure it's a task that they use their problem solving, their creativity, their innovation, you know, but that's like, that's stuff you can't teach. Right. Um, right. so, so that's what you're looking for. Um, but you can't just pick, like, in my opinion, you can't just pick one person. Like it, you have to see what they can do and see how they think, see how they, 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 they're creative and how they solve problems. And, or like, can they, can they not do or figure out something without them asking you every single thing, every, you know, every day, like, well, what happens if I'm like, yeah, figure it out yourself. Like, that's why I'm hiring you. Right. right. Uh, I would do it myself. So, so finding that, you know, those people, and, um, and it's, it's a little bit of a learning process, but you know, once you get those people, you know, those people do all across all my companies, they do this, do this stuff for me. Um, so you find the right people. Um, and, and it's just a, a, a learning process. You learn on the go the whole time. Um, but like I said, I, I make sure I know at least a little bit, you know, I, I don't go in just blind. Like if I'm, if I'm hiring a graphic designer, I'll, I'll go on Udemy and take a graphic design course just so I got an idea of what's going on so I can talk to them, you know what right. I mean? Right, uh, right, so, right. So I'll, I'll go in and I learn and learn a little bit about WordPress. I learned a little bit about this, you know, just learn a little bit enough to talk to them. But like, well, can't you do something like this? They're like, oh yeah, I could do something like, you know, like be able to at least speak to them or else you just like just in there blind. Like, I don't know what's going on, you know what I mean? Um, and then on top of that, take some of their knowledge, you know, like, well, 
how did you do this? You know, record that screen when you do this so I can see how you did it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Paying them, you might as well learn from them too, right? <laughs> um, so so it's just the whole learning process of, of doing all that. Um, and, and it's just, you know, being agile and, and flexible while, while you're doing it. But it, it's, it's a great learning process. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, it's my college, right? You know, I went to college and didn't learn shit in my opinion everything that I think is valuable that I know now is, is from YouTube and, and learning, you know, learning on the go. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, it's kind of a, the, the process that I took to go in and it's like, it's all just learning. Yeah. For me, a big part of that is like, if, uh, if someone hasn't even put in the effort to like Google or YouTube or do any kind of like research on it at all, yeah. it's like a huge red flag to me because yeah. There's so much knowledge out there. If I would much rather even them have wrong knowledge and come yeah. to me with that, like that they have something and then let me talk to that uh, versus just coming with nothing. Um, Not for sure. You know, you know that's a, a big thing that Fullscale.io does, and they might be a good plug for you as well, Tyler. Uh, Fullscale.io, um, they help you build teams right, overseas, right? So the, yeah. the thing here is that it, it takes out that need to hire four people because mm-hmm. they've already been vetted. So yep. it's kind of the best of, of the talent. Uh, they have a project manager, you know, that's helping them, uh, you know, stay on task, dedicated to you. If you have any issues, you're talking to that project manager that's then talking to your team. I mean, then you can start talking directly to them too as well. And I'm a customer. Uh, so I, you know, I've used them for graphic design. I've used them for content, a bunch of different things. Just kind of takes out that, they're, you know, it takes out that going out there and finding those people and keeping them, um, yeah. you know, connected for you. And for a lot of companies, um, that you have, you know, high end development needs, it's a mm-hmm. it's a big win, you know, and a lot of people uh, that are thinking about whether it's virtual assistants or using someone like full scale that IO and you're like, I don't know how I feel about, you know, using um, talent overseas. To that person, I would say, like, you know, without to do that, I wouldn't have been able to hire people here in Kansas City. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter who's doing what it's about building um you know, a company that's sustainable and that's going to be profitable and that can continue to pay people here what they're worth, um, mm-hmm. you know, and bring business back into the city. Um, it's it's do whatever it takes when you're a real entrepreneur It's do whatever it takes to get it done. Uh, and to, you know, to anyone that's like, I don't know about VAs, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I question whether how much they care about getting it done. You know, uh, so, you know, to them, it's an alignment. <laughs> like, like my, my mom was looking for a job and I was like, you know what? Just go, go on Indeed, save all the jobs. I'll have a virtual assistant fly for all of them. <laughs> like, like I use a VAs in all aspects of life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it. I love it. If, 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 if it's something that could be, you know, automated or somebody else can do, I'm not wasting my time. You know, I'm a, I'll have somebody else do it because, you know, I'm trying to do something else with my time. And that, that's a big thing being an entrepreneur is, is you, you want to do everything you want to, you know, you tackle all the little things and you got to prioritize what's important and what's not, or else you'll be stuck doing just little stuff that's not worth anything, you know? Uh, and that's, I had a hard time doing that because I'm like, man, I will, uh, let me just do this. I could do this real quick and I could do this real quick. And it's just like, well, like whatever was generating me money, I stopped doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, so learning how to delegate uh, is really hard being a, especially a solo entrepreneur, but once you can delegate and, and get all, you know, like you said, automate your processes and then get get people doing the stuff that you don't actually have to do, then you can focus more on, on the value, you know, value added stuff. Um, exactly. I was yeah. talking, I was talking to a client today and, you know, he just, 
you know, we were having a conversation about taking on his Europe accounts and, um, you know, the, the conversation was flowing in a way that was just like, you know, I just want to make sure like, you know, you're still plugged in and, um, you know, you're still focused and, and running my business, like as if you're running it yourself. Cause that's, yeah. that's how we are in Marknology. We're very high touch and I'm in the weeds, like, yeah. you know, and you know, I just, I reassured him. I said, Hey, I have to rely on my team. That's why I built a team. You know, I don't want to be uploading coupons and photos mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, things that I don't have to be doing, but, I will spend hours helping you find the right partner, you know, for whether it's translations or um, off Amazon advertising or, you know, anything to do. And that's my value, right? That's where I can bring the most value to my clients is, um, you know, figuring out how to do the things that someone else can do or do better than me. Uh, and the same reason I hired you for the dashboards, right? I can do a lot. Uh, and I've taught myself a lot. Um, and it was something that I was like, no, this is a, this is a bit of an art. And I'm going to hire somebody to do it. Uh, honestly, like, you know, there's a lot in my business I've done myself. There's a few things I've hired out, you know, and uh, you, you just got to find out what, you know, what you're go. good at. Yep. A hundred percent. I said, uh, I've, I've been patting myself on the back uh, the last couple of weeks because um, I'm still learning that, you know, as someone from the bottom, so to speak, you know, self-made, like, you know, at one point you're just grabbing any opportunity that's there and you're like, Oh, I can make a dollar. Oh, I can make a dollar. Oh, I can make a dollar. Um, you know, and you're just grabbing opportunity. And, and especially if you like helping people, you're grabbing opportunities and helping people. And it becomes just kind of this thing that you like, um, you know, but to become a second stage business, to grow past a team of 12 or wherever I'm at, um, you know, I have to change the way I've done things. Yeah. You know, I have to change the way I've done things in the past. And, uh, you know, I've said no to five or six clients in the last two weeks because uh, I just didn't think they're a great fit or not the right size or um, any number of reasons. And for me, I know that that's a level, you know, <laughs> so sometimes I just don't like them. I'm like, ah, I don't really want to work with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, exactly. Like you contacted me, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, and, and as you get a little bit older, at least in regards to business, you start to you start to see that, you know, in the same way as if you went on a date and you would know if you're hitting it off or you know if you weren't, you know, all the way through the process. And it's not, you know, I'm not trying to get anyone's money for that one time pay of a month or two months or three months, whatever. You know, I'm trying to keep them, my, you know, as a as a client for Marknology. So it's like, look, if this isn't going to work out anyway, then just say no now. Yeah. You know, it's a skill, though. If you are a hustler from the bottom, I'm telling you, no is not in your vocabulary. Like, you're just like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, you know, yeah, I can do it. Um, so, like, learning that, being able to say no or, like, hey, I need someone else. Uh, this isn't for me, I think, is is absolutely huge. Um, let's switch gears just a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, you know, you digital. Can I, can I put a, a, my phone on the charger? Is it beeping at me? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> One second. For for anyone that's uh you know watching it on the live, uh we had a little bit of struggles getting plugged in. Tyler's uh computer wasn't working. We've got a phone. He's like got it up on a stand. We've we've got this thing all worked out uh to talk to you guys today. So uh bear with us. Um I want I do want to talk about digital nomads for anybody listening and for anyone that doesn't know what that means. Um, a digital nomad is just someone that, uh, one, uh, it's, it's a play on an old word, which is nomad, which is just someone that doesn't really have a home and is, uh, you know, always on the go. And, and the, di the digital part is just being able to work from your computer anywhere in the world. And I know that that is a big, um, you know, driving 
I wouldn't say I want to be a nomad. I like having a home, but I love to travel. I love working abroad. Um, I know tons of careers that have popped up. I have friends all over the world that are, you know, living their dreams, uh, working abroad. My dad was a missionary in Africa and, uh, and, uh, growing up. And I'm so grateful looking back now, thinking that what I do wasn't an option when he was trying to, you know, live abroad and travel and do things like that. Like he couldn't just have a computer and work a, uh, work a job from Africa or things like that to, to support the family. And, um, you know, my dad, I, I'm also thankful because my dad had one of the very first computers and was teaching me, you know, how to put computers together when I was just a little kid. And I've used that skill to, to now give me the ability to, you know, uh, travel abroad. And me and my sister, you know, we call the whole world's my workplace or, you know, travel abroad and you see these like programs and things. And there's nothing that makes me, I don't know, feel a little bit more excited about life than when I'm in control of my work environment um, or I'm just burnt out here and I'm like, I'm going to be working from a coffee shop in New York or yeah. Italy or, you know, it's a major, major, major driving force for me and my motivation to so just the, um, the sense take of freedom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The sense of freedom uh, and choice. Right. For, yeah. for me, I, I, I love the word freedom, but I'm not sure a lot of people describe it the same way I do. So for me, freedom is choice, the the ability to choose. Do I want to work? Do I not want to work? Do I want to be here? Do I want to be there? Do I want to, you know, um, eat this or eat that, you know, and maybe I have my own choices, but it becomes um, mine to make. Yeah. Right. And, and when it's yours to make, it's surprising to see how motivating that is. Right. Yeah. Uh, where are you at right now? Uh, right now I'm in Texas. So I, I, yeah, I just, I just moved back to the U S um, last year I was backpacking for about a year uh, in Central America. Um, and then in February, right when COVID started, I, I decided to come back to the U S for a little bit. Um, That's awesome. yeah, I, I started to kind of the, the digital nomad thing is um, back when, so this was 2015 or so um, I, I moved to Atlanta. So I'm originally from California and I went to Texas and Nashville and, and Atlanta um, and I was sitting in Atlanta, you know, I, was, I had, I had a basement, I had my office down there, right. And a whole bunch of monitors everywhere. And I'm just grinding all day, every day. Right. Um, and this is the beginning of my, my company. So I started making, you know, some, some decent money, started buying, you know, I bought a boat, bought some dirt bikes, bought, you know, motorcycle, bought a whole bunch of cars, but I'm sitting here working all day. Right. Um, right. and one day I'm just sitting here and I'm just looking at my bills and I'm just like, damn, like, how, like, how do I make good money? But like I'm, I'm just sitting here stressing about money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, like it's that it's true. It's like, and, and me, like growing up, like in college, I'm I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm reading a lot of those entrepreneur types here, and like you know, Dave Ramsey and all that. So like I already knew the whole rat race and, and getting caught in it, right? But I'm sitting here in my office, like just looking at all these bills, stressing about money, and I'm just like, how the hell did I get caught in this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, like, and like, I don't even need none of this stuff. I don't even use none of it, right? Um, so then it was literally like, I just had it, like, I had I already had a, a, my, my kid. She was like three at, at the time. Um, my wife, my ex-wife was pregnant, and she was like seven months pregnant. And I'm just sitting there like, I got to get the hell out of here. So within two months, I sold everything I owned. Me, my ex-wife, she's pregnant, eight months pregnant, and my three-year-old, we jumped and just moved to Mexico. Uh, never been, never did anything. We had two suitcases each. I was like, that's all we thought. We sell everything, get rid of everything, 
and we just we go to Mexico and we I, we moved I love to, it moved to Playa del Carmen which is right by Cancun um, and then I've been living you know in Central America the last five years but I mean like like I said for me there's the sense of like freedom is just like just getting all that the pressure you get here you know just trying to compete with everyone and oh you got a nice car shit I gotta get a nice car like you know it's just that that pressure is just like man I, I just got to the point where I was just, I'm I'm out of here. Um, so then that's when I started kind of the digital nomad mm-hmm. thing. And I mean, since I had a family, it, it was not the full digital nomad acts, but I called it slow traveling. You know, uh, we had a home base in Playa del Carmen. And then we every you know three months or so, we would go to another country for like a month and then we'll come back to our home base. So we kind of used it. You know, I call it the slow digital nomad, you know, approach. Um, but I mean, just that that experience was great. Just, you know, learning different cultures, seeing how different people think, you know, like like people that you know in america is just like we think the, the world revolves around us you know what i mean right <laughs> and then when right. you go to other countries you know you see like you're like hey y'all don't celebrate thanksgiving like you just say stupid stuff right <laughs> like like what the hell is thanksgiving you know what i mean but you think like oh everybody celebrates thanksgiving right so like just just going to live in a different country and talking like it just really opens your mind you know with different opens things. it um and that's helped me a lot and and, and we're talking about failures earlier um, so I moved to Playa del Carmen and just Mexico culture is just different than the U.S. culture in general. Right. Um, and I'm thinking, all right, there was, there was trying to find an apartment. I'm looking around. There's no, like, there's no like Trello or, or apartments.com or nothing. Right. Everything is you walk down the neighborhood and you look for signs. Right. And I, there's walls, there's barbed yeah, wire. It's like, like, man, this is not efficient at all. Like I'm tired of riding my bicycle around looking for a project. Right? So I started developing like a, a Trello.com, but for, for Playa, for Playa Carmen. Right. So I built it. I had the graphic, the graphic design, the web, like building this whole thing. And I'm, I'm going around, you know, hiring people locally because it's cheap, of course, and, and trying to, you know, get people to put their apartments and stuff on the website. Right. Um, and, and I mean, the website was nice. Like it was customized for the city. So it had like places of interest and different things for like expats to go in and figure out, you know, where they want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was one of the things where it, it's I didn't understand the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And the culture in Mexico is I rather work 10 hours than then save or then save two dollars. You know what I mean? Like they they they're not big on 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 efficiency as if like Americans are. Like I'm I'm, I'm I want to save these minutes. You know what I mean? Where Mexico is, I want to save the money. So it's it's just a different culture of of, of yeah, this might save me time, but I don't want to spend the money for it. Compared to the U.S., is all about being efficient, right? Um, so there was that 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 culture difference that I didn't understand. Um, that that kind of just like oh damn, like I mean. They rather, you know, not be efficient and save five dollars than be efficient, you know. And it, it's nothing wrong with it. It's just understanding the culture. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and when you start doing stuff in international markets without knowing the culture, it, it, you're you're just not, you know, you you're just doing it based off of what Americans would do, but that's not what that country would do, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that was something I learned. And and yeah, I mean, I lost some money in it, but it was a huge learning experience. And now I'm I'm thinking internationally about different cultures and stuff and how they think. Um, and also that helps a lot with outsourcing because, you know, when you, you deal with people in, in India, different in Eastern Europe and all that, right. There's, it, it's not everyone, I'm not doing a generalist, you know, but, but you know, you, there's, they, they behave differently than, than Americans, right. Like, you know, in, in like Indian stuff, they want like exact directions of how to do something usually. Right. Where like Americans don't really want to give you exact directions, you know, and that's where like a lot of people that outsource get frustrated because they're like, 
well, like, you know, figure it out on your own. Like, I, I don't want to do this. So there's certain things where you just have to understand the culture and understand, you know, what they're good at and what they're, they're, they're just used to. Um, not saying they can't change or not, but that's just what they're used to. You know what I mean? Um, but once you understand that and accept that, and then you kind of delegate based off of that, it gets a lot easier and it makes more sense. Um, but if you try to treat someone, you know, in a different culture, like you would at this culture, it, it, that's where you bump heads and, and you feel like, oh no, it doesn't work. But, you know, it, it's, it's just something's wrong. Like, no, your work sucks. This to this is just, they, they think differently. They see differently just because their culture is different. Uh, so learning that is, is a huge thing. And, and like I said, the, that's why, at least I found a lot of people are scared out is because the cultural difference and they don't understand how to work with them and how to talk with them. And because they're treating them like they would treat an employee in the U S you know what I mean? Um, so that, that's, that's a good learning experience as well. Mic drop. Yeah. Like, I mean, as someone that grew up in Africa and, and travel a lot, like I'm so blessed, you know, to have that perspective and um, you know, it just changes the game. Uh, you know, like I have such a hard time relating with Americans growing up abroad. Like I have such a hard time uh, relating with Americans that are whining. You know, I just am like, you all don't know shit about shit about shit. Like, you know, and I find myself gravitating to people that are from other places or, you know, have some of that perspective because, um, you know, for me, I'm like, thanks for three jobs there, you know, like, because you have that culture. Right. And another big one is respect. Like you have to like give respect more of a priority when you're dealing with other cultures. It's the number one thing that they operate their lives around. Um, you know, they're very like, at least when I've been to Central America, South America, Africa, uh, respect is, is very much a priority. Um, and, you know, and I'm not saying Americans don't have it. I'm just saying like, you know, we have a lot of different cultures here. Americans are not one culture. It's a mixture of all the cultures of the world. We got 50 states that are really like 50 countries, like, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's crazy, but you have to be able to get outside your perspective of a thing, um, you know, to be able to, to, to be able to not just live abroad, but work with, you know, outsourced talent and be able to communicate effectively with them. And sure, I don't have all of the cultures down, um, but I have a general understanding that there's a difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and, and be, sure. Right. And find find what what culture you connect well with and, you know, um, you know, continue working with those people. I, um, you know, I, I have a dream for sure it, for me. That's like, you know, I want to own Airbnbs abroad. One of my own, yeah. It's called KC Co properties here in Kansas City. We have about 70 properties. Um you know, 25 of them are Airbnbs or so. And uh, I would love to own one in Mexico, Bogota, Medellin, you know, just, yeah. um, you know, whether it's the time zone or the weather, like I, you know, we got winter uh, coming up and I hate it. I'm African inside. So I'm like, I just hate the cold. And, um, you know, there's so many ways to be free in 2020, you know, to live abroad, travel abroad, work abroad, um, and for me, for anyone listening, that's like, I want that. I want, I want what Tyler has. I want what Andrew has. Maybe it's a founder, someone that's not a founder that's listening. Like mine started with the smallest quality of life improvements. You know, yeah. I wanted to not lose two hours a day in traffic. Mm -hmm. I wanted those two hours back, you know, um, and those two hours allowed me to justify going to the gym more. And yeah. Uh, and it took away that two hours of negativity a day. Not that every drive is negative. Some can be positive, but traffic sucks. And, you know, then it started to, 
well, I want to be able to work from home. You know, I don't want to have to wear this monkey suit, you know? And so then it was like, okay, what kind of jobs can I get in where I don't have to wear this monkey suit? Yeah. And, you know, it's just little, little intentionality around the things that made me feel more free or have more choice um, that ended up where I am today. But I definitely didn't start out trying to get here personally, you know, and um, it's so easy with, with COVID. I mean, everybody's working from home. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it, it more than likely, most people are not going back to office just because the, the company's going to still, you know, they already put all this to place. They'll just save on commercial real estate and it's going to be a cost right. saving to them and, and everything's more productive and all that. So like, you don't even have to own your own company to work remote. You know what I mean? So you yep. remote, why you, like, what's the difference if you work at home right now and working on the beach? Like nobody knows any difference. All right. Uh, and my clients never knew where I was. Was, was. I mean, I would tell them if they were friends or stuff, but they don't know where I was. My company was, was, you know, based in the U S and I was wherever I was as long as I had internet You know, I was chilling, taking phone calls on the beach with no shirt on and swim trunks. And you know, as soon as they get off, I'm going surfing, you know, like, like they have no, mm-hmm. um, and then there's no stopping. Like it's super easy to do it. I mean, there's that, of course that initial jump with being scared. Um, but I mean, if you think about it just financially, like one, this cost of living adjustment is just ridiculously different. You know what I mean? Where I can buy here compared to there is like one tenth of the cost. Um, and plus it's going to be way nicer, you know, um, you know, the, the lifestyle is better. You got outdoor stuff. Like I, like I said, I lived in the Caribbean, so I was scuba diving all the time. I was going wakeboarding. I was chilling on the beach. I would, I would work half the day, go to the beach, get a massage, come back, you know, for $10. Like, like, and, and, and it's, it's just so easy to do it. And then on top of that, you get tax benefits um from being out there especially if you're um if you're like a consultant because there's the, the foreigner and income exclusion so you get tax benefits so you so you save money on on cost of living on top of you save taxes and you get to live like a king essentially like like it's it's so like it's like i said i would have came back it wasn't for covid but uh you know being a, a gringo out there when, when they got no money because the tourism <laughs> is not the safest route when you got kids you know yeah um, yeah but, but yeah, it's super easy. It's just making that, that initial jump and, and you'll see how easy it is. Well, I'll definitely be coming down to Mexico when you're back and, I'm, and saying I'm going tomorrow. So, uh, <laughs> going, are you going tomorrow? Yeah. I got a flight to Cancun tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going for Halloween. Awesome. I love it. And he's probably, are you going to stay or just back to visit? Uh, just back to visit. Yeah. yeah for, for day of the dead Halloween. I'm, oh. It's, it's, it's a pretty fun time out there during, during those times. Oh, I bet. I bet. I bet. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, the same reasons you just mentioned are the same reasons I've stayed in Kansas city here in the U S was cheap, cheaper cost of living than a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ability to keep costs down. It's like, you know, the Midwest is really affordable in regards to like all, all the other areas of the country. And it allows me to travel more by being here, my family based here, um, you know, keeping uh, costs of real estate and, and, you know, having our, our office and things like that down. I live with, a, uh, I live with a, a roommate, Brian, he's the one that helps me with my real estate, you know, that business together intentional. Why? Because I wanted to keep costs down so that I can travel. Like I, I focus so many areas around my life based on, you know, being able to work abroad, travel abroad, and the world's getting more global, you know, and, and you talked about that, um, that culture in Mexico that you didn't know, you know, and that's something that I'm actually digging into right now. I literally was on a call um, earlier, uh, actually yesterday, but it was Europe. So this is just like some strange time zones, but yeah. um, they, they help with localization, translating listings on Amazon. Um, so not just translating them, but getting it localized. So using localized uh, 
you know, verbiage and terminology to, to sell products. So I'm starting to learn and try to find connections that can help me localize products and really understand what's going on. Um, you know, Amazon Mexico is a big marketplace and even to be a businessman, it helps me to know how those cultures think, um, you know, and, and what they're doing and what's going on. Uh, Tyler, are you still with me? Seen him go a little bit vertical uh, for anyone's listening, but we'll see if he comes back. But I mean, all in all, like absolutely everything we're talking about on this episode, I, I think I got him back, Tyler, but everything we've been talking about, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, whether it's lessons spending to learn, whether it's, you know, being able to see your data so that you can make decisions, whether it's knowing when to ask for help or when to say no, um, you know, when to hire an expert versus, you know, when to outsource something, when to do it yourself. This is all like entrepreneurship stuff 101. Uh, and while I wish I knew it at the beginning, you still learn it every single year. There's something you're doing that you need to say no to or something that, you know, that you need to outsource. Um, Tyler, we definitely have to connect offline. I don't want to tell my ideas on air, but I got some big ones for, um, you know, some ways I think visualization could really help a project I'm working on kind of bring it to the next level. Um, so that'll be fun. And, and you guys stay tuned. I don't, I know we have a lot of listeners and I think this idea is going to be huge for e-commerce. So maybe we'll be talking, talking that idea the next time we get on the show. Um, once again, guys, you can always find Tyler, uh, online. Uh, I'm going to put his website up here for anyone going live visual intelligence consulting.com. That's visual with a Z V I Z U A L intelligence consulting.com. Uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. We talked about the leverage and power of outsourcing, uh, whether you're hiring four at a time and figuring out the best one, or you're just going with a company like Fullscale and, and having them help you pick the right developers for your needs. Um, you know, outsourcing is a great way to to scale your team um, and, and allow you to get into those areas that you need to automate and things like that. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, no problem, man. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, still got him here. Uh, we'll, we'll have him back again, that's for sure. Everybody take care. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, man. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.